So first off, um, if you've been here before, you know that I'm not Derek, and uh, everything is okay. Um, Derek, if you don't know, Derek and Ann Lee are just on vacation for two weeks, um, and so they went back east to visit Ann Lee's side of the family and friends and things like that. Um, and so my name is Hans, if you don't know. Uh, I'm one of the pastor and pastors and elders here at Roots, uh, and one of the, th of the pleasures and honors I get to do um, as a pastor and elder here is to share the word with you. And so that is what I plan to do today. <laughs> but first, let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. So please bow your heads and join me. Father, there's so much for us to be thankful for. Thank you for your sovereignty, that nothing is out of your control. Thank you for making yourself known, that we can be in relationship with you, that you want us to be in relationship with you. Help us to grow in our desire to know you better each day. How great is your plan of salvation that rescues us from being separated from you and gives us new life and a new hope. We ask that those around the world who haven't heard about your son Jesus would come to have their hearts transformed through an encounter with you. I want to lift up the leaders of your church around the world, that they would shepherd their flock with your love, that they would be humble servants of you and to your people. That they would boldly proclaim your name and your gospel message. And for your local body here in Stanwood and abroad, that we would be advocates of you to the community and each other. I thank you that we have this building to gather together and worship you and find refuge in you. I pray for all that are here, whatever their circumstances, that they know that you love them, no matter what they're going through, that they can call out to you and you will hear them. I pray for anyone here that doesn't know you or is unsure of who you are, that you would make it more clear to them than ever before. And Lord, as I, uh, as I am up here, um, I just pray that the message that I have, um, that there would be ears to hear, uh, that I would just be a representative of you, Lord, and of your word. And as much as um, I am up here speaking, I am also, you are also speaking to me as I deliver the message, Lord. So help me to humbly um, share what you have today through me, Lord. Use me as a tool. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. So typically, uh, typically here at Roots, we go through whole books of the Bible. Um, but today, uh, we're going to just, I'll be sharing with you uh, out of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 18. 
So if you have a Bible with you, uh, I invite you to open it up right now to Ephesians 6, chapter, ten, or, uh, yeah, chapter 6, verses 10. The author of this book is the Apostle Paul. And this morning, the end part of this uh, is Paul addressing the Ephesians on uh, godly living and illustrates for them and now for us on what godly living looks like. So let's read the passage. Paul writes, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. There's some sickness going around, so I got some scratchy throat and stuffiness, so bear with me here. I'll be going, getting some extra sips here as we do this. So if we were to go around the room and each of us was to give our opinion on war, there'd likely be some mixed thoughts and emotions. This might be because most of us have an idea of what war brings. Uh, it brings death, it brings destruction, it brings suffering, even if there's a good reason to have it. Make it that way. So one of the things that Paul is writing about in this passage is the fact that Christians are very much at war. It's not a war between countries, but a spiritual war. There is an enemy that seeks to destroy a believer. It knows who each one is and all the methods to try and get the upper hand. A Christian's enemy uses seemingly subtle but deliberate schemes against us to try and keep us from focusing on God. 
things like temptation, self-doubt, complacency of faith, and there's many more. We have daily battles in this spiritual war, and Paul identifies several components that help us with our fight. Components that are not only tools we can use, but are for our protection. What else do we need in a fight other than weapons or body protection? We need strength for endurance. So, where does a Christian get their strength? Let's unpack that. First of all, God is our source of strength, not ourselves. Our sinful minds and hearts tend to cause us to look inward at self instead of outward to God. So it could be tempting for us to read this passage and think that putting on God's armor is something a Christian can do themselves. Maybe by somehow thinking they can make their faith stronger than it already is or have greater willpower to endure life struggles. The armor we get is from God. It isn't a result of anything we have done or even can do, but a result of what God has done for us. It is the taking off the rags of our old selves apart from Christ and putting on our new self that we are in Christ as a new creation. Much like a soldier of Paul's time would put on battle armor. Paul makes it clear that there is a spiritual war that we are involved in. He also tells us that there is an enemy. The enemy is Satan and his spiritual evil forces. Because the war we're in is spiritual, we don't really experience physical attacks, although that could happen, nor do we see our enemy as much as we maybe feel or can sense them. And this is because a Christian has the Holy Spirit in them and therefore can be more sensitive uh, to these evil forces. Evil's main goal is to destroy anyone that aligns with God. This war is not a new one. It started before God even created humanity. Satan wants us to think that he will win. He won't win. He never will win. God has already won. He has won through his son, Jesus. Even before sin and evil came into the world, through Adam and Eve, God had his rescue plan set in place. He would send Jesus to save us. And God has conquered Satan by Jesus' work on the cross. Even though God has adopted us into his victorious army, evil foolishly tries to weaken us through life's battles. 
yes, the war is already won. But there's still going to be all kinds of battles that we fight because of this sin and evil. If we're to be 100% honest, each of us could make a healthy list of what those sins and evils are in our own lives. God knows we will fight against sin in this life, but because he loves us and has given us his son Jesus, he has made himself our source of strength. We are not strong apart from Jesus. And so God has given us strength for the battles through him. Not only is God our strength, but he equips us for the fight with his armor. And they're actually aspects of himself. So there's six pieces of armor that we're given. There's the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes of the gospel, shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword, which is God's word. So we have righteousness, gospel, faith, salvation, and God's word. Straight away, we can see that this armor is the armor of God. That these parts all work together for our protection. Let's take a closer look to try to get a better understanding of these. The truth Paul is speaking of here is that we are redeemed from our broken selves through the work of Jesus on the cross. There are many promises of God, but it's especially important to remember that we are redeemed in Christ. God did not do this because we did anything to deserve it, but because he loves us and chose to give us a way back to himself. Then there's righteousness. And this is not a righteousness that comes from ourselves or our own worthiness to be saved. But God's grace and his righteousness that we get in Christ by which we are saved through our belief in him. Paul says this earlier in chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Next we have the gospel, which is the good news, that Jesus died for us on the cross, and through our faith, sin is forgiven. We can see this in Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. It says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Not only should we know and share this good news with others, but we should also be 
in a state of readiness to live under this good news ourselves as redeemed people from our former selves. This, be, this can be done through regular repenting, which is really just turning away from sinful, self-glorifying living and then living toward God-glorifying living. Next, uh, we have faith. This is not so much our faith as it is a faith and a trust in God's faithfulness to us. We can't somehow have a more powerful faith than we already have. But the faith that comes from our relationship trusting God and his plan for us. Then there's salvation. This is the security we have in Christ that protects us much like a helmet would for a soldier of that time. We can live knowing there is nothing Satan can do to take our salvation away from us. Once God saves us, we are always saved. He will never let us go. Lastly, we have God's word, the Bible, which is one part of our weapon, the sword. We use this and live by this every day. The second part is the spirit. What are we to make of the spirit of this passage? That he powers the sword that is God's word and goes forth fighting for us to be able to take on the enemy's advances. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Because we have his armor and we are a new creation means we are called to action in our daily living. God has given us his armor to make a stance against the enemy when we are met with attacks. This needs to be a daily intention. An example of what this might look like could be capturing impure thoughts as they come into your minds and casting them aside to Jesus in prayer. Or it could mean not letting ourselves get into fits of anger about something that we could have had more patience with. Please hear that our motivation to fight sin and evil is because we are a new creation in Christ. It's not because we can do anything special to fight sin in our own strength, but because what's special is Christ. And who we are in him as Christians. How awesome is God that he doesn't leave us alone in the fight, but very much has given us himself for strength, which we wouldn't be able to endure without. Since we are also a new creation in Christ, then we have taken on a new identity in him as well. 
So as God has supplied us with his armor, he also has given us a new identity, that of a soldier. We were once weak apart from Jesus, but now in him we are strong. Our mentality now should be that of a fighter and having the confidence in our faith that Satan and evil cannot defeat us because he cannot defeat God. Who we are now is not only of flesh, but of God. We have been adopted into his army, and because of that, we then are to stay in communication with him as well. And verse 18 tells us to do that through prayer. As much as a Christians need to pray, as much as Christians need to pray, like we need air to breathe, we can have a tendency to take on whatever challenges in front of us and rely solely on ourselves, thinking that we can somehow conquer it. And this is a trick by the enemy. He wants us to think we can rely on ourselves because he thinks that the more he's successful in making us think that, the greater the chance he has at winning the war. But he won't win. He's already lost. Since our fight is with evil spiritual forces, prayer is our main defense in spiritual warfare. When we pray, we are doing so in the spirit, and it is the spirit who is really doing the fighting. So the best thing for us to do is to be constant in our prayers, not only when we are going through struggles, but when we are not. God is our creator and heavenly father who loves us and he wants us to talk with him and be in relationship with him. It's amazing that he has made it possible for us to communicate with him. This means that every day we should make a regular habit of prayer with him, no matter the circumstance. The more we are in communication with him, the stronger our daily fight will be. Being in communication and relationship with God are not the only reasons that we can look ahead to the future with optimism, but we can have something greater. We can have an eternal hope in what's to come during this life that one day Christ will complete the Father's plan and return to fully unite us with himself in heaven where we won't suffer the fight with evil and the brokenness of this world anymore. We will be fully in God's presence and will feel nothing but warmth of his love and joy in our hearts as we worship him. Until then, he has given us his armor to endure and persevere against the enemy until this life is over and the beginning of a new life, an eternal life with our creator starts. We have an awesomely perfect father in heaven that loves us and wants us to spend forever with him. He has provided the resources we need to stand firm in the strength of his armor. So let's not forget that we have victory in Christ and may we live each day 
in joyful confidence that he has rescued us. I want to end by reading Romans 5, verses 1 through 2. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Amen.